Paris Musée presents Once Upon a Museum. Use podcasts about the museums of Paris. I am strolling along the Seine as it coasts along the docks. Turn around. Say goodbye to the Seine. Oh, hello. What is this stunning building with stone columns, sculptures and a water basin? Welcome to the Museum of Modern Art. Awesome. But what is modern art? Is it a trendy type of art? No, modern art is an art period that regroups art pieces made between the end of the 19th and the beginning of the 20th century. It's the era of my great-great-great-grandparents. It's not recent, but I'm impatient to discover this modern art. You can also discover contemporary art here. It is a reflection of the present times. The collection here has 15,000 pieces. 15,000! Wow, that's a huge collection. May I go in? What is this gigantic three-part painting? There are bodies in movement. They are so tall they carry over the frame. It feels as if they would like to dance around the museum. <gasps> that's it! They are dancing! The dancers are much taller than me. It's called The Dance by Henri Matisse. Henri Matisse. Mmm, sounds familiar. Henri Matisse was an important painter. He was born in the 19th and died in the 20th century. He created a new painting style with a lot of freedom. Looking at his painting, it does seem quite simple. There are few details and little colors. Some, some pink, pink, some gray, some blue, and some black. The Dr. Barnes, an American billionaire, art collector and big Matisse fan, asked him to create a big ornament for one of the walls of his foundation. Henri Matisse accepted. Dr. Albert Barnes gave him total freedom on the subject of the painting, and Matisse decided to go with a theme of dance. But why are there two different paintings called The Dance, one behind the other in this museum room? Those are two different versions. One is the unfinished dance and the other is the Parisian dance. Truthfully, there are three versions of this painting. Matisse had to try three times to be satisfied. At the beginning, Henri Matisse drew the unfinished dance with some charcoal attached to a long stick. Then painted. But he wasn't happy at all with the results, so he gave up on that version. He starts a new version. He searches, thinks and develops his cut paper technique. He gets big sheets of paper painted in black, grey, blue and pink, and then cuts them. So, in some way, he drew with scissors? But Matisse made a mistake in his measures. The piece is too small. So he makes yet another one, and this time it's perfect. And it got hung up. As planned at Dr. Barnes' foundation in the United States. When we look at Matisse's The Dance, it feels as if the painting is moving. We can feel the movement and rhythm of the dance, feel the celebration, pretty much feel the life. This painting became an emblem for modern art. What is modernity for you? Mm, it's things that exist today that we didn't think of yesterday. 
Well, all these modern art painters did pretty much that. They created art that previous generations could never have imagined. Oh no, look! The light went off! We're in the dark! The light bulb must have burned out. Hmm, it must be one of the electricity fairy's tricks. What? There's a fairy in the museum? Come on, you'll see. Oh, I can't see anything. Gotta be careful not to bump into a painting. Ah, the light is coming back. Oh, what is this gigantic painting that goes around the room? <gasps> it has to be the biggest painting in the world. It is indeed. Its surface is 624 square meters. Let me introduce the Electricity Fairy. Incredible! It's more than 30 times the size of my room. The electricity deserves at least that. It was the Parisian Electricity Company that commissioned the artist Raoul Dufy in 1937, a monumental building to celebrate modernity. Mm. Depicting electricity can't be easy. I don't see how someone can portray the invisible. That's for sure. So in order to depict it, Raoul Dufy tells its story, its discovery. For him, electricity is part of man's emancipation. It's a scientific prowess that brings light and heat to all. One, two, three, four... Don't bother five, counting all six. the panels that make up the painting. You would have to count all night long. There are 250. Raoul Dufy assembled them like a puzzle. No, I'm counting the names written on them. Pierre Curie, Marie Curie, Edison. There are also a lot of those. 108 names of scientists and researchers are written in the painting. All those who contributed to the discovery of electricity. Oh, but that's weird. Here there are gods that look straight out of the Greek mythology and here a very modern building. Raoul Dufy mixed here science, Greek mythology and the Vitry-sur-Seine power plant. Once upon a time, the electricity fairy. Let's meet Iris, messenger of the gods. She flies in the light, above an airfield and the world's big cities. Can you recognize them? There's Paris, of course, but also Rome, London. Look closer. In her dress, we can see the rainbow colors that Iris scatters around the world. She brings light and good news. The colors are dancing. Beings and landscapes appear. Oh, over there, there's an orchestra. But what is it doing here? Well, the orchestra is very important to Raoul Dufy, who loves music. My painting is just like a melody. The painting goes into your eyes, scatters itself inside your body to settle in your soul, just like a soft tune. And just what exactly allows for music to spread around the world? Electricity, of course! And thanks to her, radio, televisions, computer, the Electricity Fairy is a painting with extraordinary colors that exudes an incredible energy. And on top of that, it pays homage to the work of scientists throughout time and all over the world. That's also what art is. 
The phone's ringing. But where is it coming from? That's uncommon in a museum. Who could possibly be calling me? Come over here. I might have an idea. The phone stopped ringing. We weren't fast enough to answer it. But look where we landed. It's a room with two tables and two benches in the center and shelves filled with books all around the world. What's with all those books? Oh, look. There are a lot of phone numbers and names. And that one and that one too. Are these phone books? Exactly. Their purpose is to list all the people with a phone in order to call them. Can you see how the room is staged? It's an installation. What do you mean by installation? An installation is a work of art in three dimensions that is staged in a room. The one in front of us comprises 2,500 phone books from all over the world stored in the shelves. Christian Voltansky is the artist who made it. It's called the Phone Subscribers. But who is Christian Boltonsky, a phone book collector? No, he's an artist, but not a modern artist. He's one of France's biggest contemporary artists. But why did he put all those phone books in here, in the museum? Oh, he ran out of space in his home, didn't he? No, it's a work of art. A work of art isn't just beautiful. It can also be used to give a message, provoke feelings or sensations, and that's why it has to be in a museum. It's true that the atmosphere here is peculiar, with all those phone books, all those phone numbers, all those names of people who aren't really here, but still are here in a way. We can feel their presence. That's a lot of people, even if we can't see them. So here's Michelle, Michael, Mishka, Miguel. I mostly know my mum, dad, brothers and sister, as well as my friends. But we're really not the only ones on Earth. Christian Boltanski's work of art is a very sensible and profound piece that talks about memory and forgetfulness, absence, death, and describes the link between personal and collective history. It's true that by gathering all these phone books, He makes us feel something important, filled with meaning, that concerns us all. It's as if all the people in the world were gathered here, in this room, through the list of their names. Christian Boltanski had a difficult childhood, as he lived through World War II and is still traumatized by the Holocaust. That's why his peace is so poignant. Through it... We can feel his wounds without seeing them or even being told about it. And that is Boltanski's art. Wow. I didn't think that seeing phone books would affect me or make me think like that. And we're not even finished with our tour. Let's keep on wandering around the museum. But why are we hearing water noises? It comes from the museum. Come on. We have to go down the stairs. Oh, it's strange. The more we go down the steps, the more I feel the water noises are getting close. It's because by going downstairs, we end up under the sea level. Wait, are we in a museum or in the deep seas? The walls have been painted pool blue. And look, over there, there are fish tails coming out of the walls. 
The animals that live in the deep sea must have heard us coming down the stairs and swam away. We can only see their tails. Ah, those are sculpted wooden fish tails. It's the artist Laurent Le Dunf that invites us to come and visit the aquatic world. Oh, so that's also a work of art? Of course. It's the Museum of Modern Art that commissioned this installation, a full-scale work of art. It's a little as if you were diving in the Seine, populated by aquatic animals. There are some creatures that are straight out of dreams, others from nightmares, but mostly they awaken our imagination. I can imagine myself swimming underwater over there. Look, like Nemo! Nemo, the captain or the clownfish? In any case, we have arrived at the Point Nemo. What's the Point Nemo? It's the name of the place in the ocean, the furthest from all land. It's in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. This point is so far from all land and sea routes that we consider that the closest humans to this point are the astronauts living in the International Space Station. And how do you get to this point? I can just look at my phone's GPS. GPS, we want to go to this point. 45052.6S, 125023.6 West. If you want to go, you're going to have to find a boat first. That's easy. Okay, I'm heading back to Boltanski's phone book room. I find the number of a sailor. Then I ask the electricity fairy to help me call him. And bam! I'm almost at the Point Nemo! Once Upon a Museum at the Museum of Modern Art. A Paris Musée podcast produced with Pauline Copen, Elsa Denac, with the voices of Juliette Avert, Matthew Luret, Tania Matouk. Did you enjoy it? Discover the other museums through Once Upon a Museum. museum.